Iconic story, iconic cast, iconic score, it's an iconic film. This week we're doing Jurassic Park. Welcome to Rewind the Movies. As I've already mentioned, we're doing Jurassic Park, a 1993 science fiction action film directed by Steven Spielberg. It's the first instalment in the Jurassic Park franchise and the first film in the Jurassic Park trilogy. It's based on the 1990 novel by the same name by Michael Crichton, who also had a hand in the screenplay. The film is set on a fictional island near the coast of Costa Rica. Their wealthy industrialist John Hammond and a team of genetic scientists have created a wildlife park of extinct dinosaurs. When industrial sabotage leads to a catastrophic shutdown of the park's power facilities, a small group of visitors and Hammond's grandchildren struggle to survive and escape the perilous island. On this week's podcast, it's myself, Andrew Owen, joined by James Pagodage, a.k.a. Prog, and Evan Quick. And I know for a fact, before we even start the podcast, it had a major impact on all of us. Anyway, here's the episode. Jurassic Park left a lasting impression on a young Andrew Owen. So, picture the scene. When did this come out? 93? 94, yeah. Oh, no, 93, you are right. 93, yeah. yeah. And um, I'll say now, this is a film that I saw three times in the cinema. And you've got to think back that this was 90s. I would have been 12 going on 13. And, you know, Prague would have been the same. Um, Growing up, it was just me, my mum and my sister. So we didn't have a huge amount of money coming into the household. So to go to the cinema for me, would have been a treat. You know, we didn't go regularly. Um, you would probably went a handful of times each year. So to see a film three times in one year, let's put it that way, I'm, I'm probably quite close to, together, um, probably shows how much I loved this film when I first started, when I first watched it. I can't remember which way it went um, which way it went round, but one of the times I saw it, I think it was the third and final time, I saw it while on an outing um, and I was a scout and we were with scouts and we went away somewhere. Um, and yeah, I had the choice to go and see Street Fighter or Jurassic Park for the third time. Oh, and, what a choice that would have been. And I chose Street, um, chose Jurassic Park. And to this day, I still have never seen Street Fighter. Was that on the ferry? <laughs> No, it was a way somewhere. I don't know where. Oh. I can't remember. But it was it was an, in an actual cinema. Oh, okay. So we yeah, have to I, do... I, I, as a film, as yeah, as a young kid, I loved this film. We we have to do we have to do Street Fighter now, considering you you haven't seen it. That has to be done. Isn't um, it strange? I've I've never seen Street Fighter, given that you know it's George um, George Claude Van Damme. It's uh, George, George Claude, George, 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 George Claude, not George. <laughs> George, George Claude. You know George. You know John's brother. <laughs> Forever known now as George, George Van Dam. <laughs> uh, and the fact that a street fight. Then you know, I grew up in the eighties, nineties, and loved that era of gaming. So, and also, it'd be another excuse for you to talk about a game, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to talk about games this episode. It'll, it'll be my my turn, my turn later. Come on, then. What What about you? Were memories, NF? Um. Well, before before that, I was going to ask, what's what cinema did you did you see that? Oh God knows. Um. So it would have been one of the one of the ones in Cardiff. So probably um. What was on Queen Street at the time? Odeon, I think it was. Yeah. Um, there was one, like I said, we were away somewhere and I saw it there. And I, I definitely saw it for a second time. I, it might have been the Swansea Cinema. I was going to say, by the old Toys R Us. Yeah, and I think that was an Odeon as well. By, by the Bowl Plex. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I saw this film twice in the cinema, one, once up north. And another time, actually, uh, in the old Odeon which, in Cardiff, which is now Premier Cinemas. And they, and and... I remember going going into the going into the Odeon and it was it had so it had stairs going down like curved down down to the screens I remember and um yeah I think it was for me for me cousin's birthday I think it was um yeah and, and yeah I I loved I loved it and I think it was, 
I think I was ten going going on eleven at, at that time, and it was one it was one of those like it was probably the first the first big blockbuster film I remember seeing, and you and you always like you, you saw clips on TV of like you, you know of um, of Sam Neill's Alan Grant where he, where he takes the takes the glasses off and he you know he's he's looking at the dinosaurs for the for the first time and you think oh, what's what's this going to be and then you know you see that you see the uh, the dinosaur for the first time, and you thought, "Fucking hell, this is amazing!" Blew me mind. Well, I re- I got a vivid memory actually of being in that cinema watching Jurassic Park, and this um like Geordie kid behind me crying when the T Rexes came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking there. <laughs> it was probably it was probably me crying. Going, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Prog? Uh, exactly like you guys. Went to the cinema to watch it with my family, my parents, my brother and sister. Um, I can't remember if I saw a trailer and I wanted to go and see it or whether my parents were like, we're going to watch this film. Um, but weirdly, with Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3, it sort of became like a family event. When a new Jurassic Park film came out, we all went to the cinema to watch it. So that was like a nice little sort of family gathering, you know, sort of family ritual uh, towards the end, despite how good you may think the other films are or not. But yeah, the, this one, I, I, like Ev's alluded to, it was the first film I watched in the cinema where I can remember being, where I remember thinking, wow, that was an experience. And I will say it now, I think this is partly the reason why I love going to the cinema to watch films, certain films. There are certain films when they come out. For me, I have to go to the cinema to watch them because it's the it's almost the only way you can experience them properly. I, I 100% agree with you. When um, it, It's the atmosphere that this film um, creates and noted notably the score. The mm. score is so iconic. And do you know mm. when it kicks in? And Eva's mentioned it already. That scene where Sam Neill's character gets out of the, the Jeep, takes off his glasses, the, the music kicks in, he sees I don't know what they Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus, whatever, mm. sees it for the first time. And I like Ev, I remember the first time I would have watched that and thinking Wow, because you you didn't see that sort of CGI, I don't think, to the level previously. And okay, yeah, you would have maybe had it on T2, but I wouldn't have seen T2 at this point. No, no. I, 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 I'm going to say it now. This is my, that's my favourite scene. Boy, uh, boy, well, no, it's, it's mine. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the best scenes in cinema. For, for sheer spectacle... And it's a scene that you, I think you should see in the cinema as well. You should mm. see on the big screen and you should see it with that surround sound. Yeah. Or hear it with that surround sound. The music. The music's incredible, man. It's incredible. Yeah. The acting is great as well. And just the, just the way Spielberg sets or frames the scene. Like they, they're driving along a line of trees. So it's almost like the dinosaur is shielded in a way. And then they stop, or at you know where uh, Richard Attenborough's character tells them to stop. Hammond tells them to stop because he he then sees the dinosaur, and then like each character in turn has got their own reaction. But Spielberg makes sure that you don't see it until the very last moment that you should be seeing it. Yeah, built to build that anticipation, and thankfully, the CGI at the time was incredible. Like it was so far ahead of its time. And I'd argue no, the CGI still holds up. hundred percent. But do you know why I think it holds up? It's because they use the CGI sparingly. And I mean sparingly in the mm. sense of you don't get real close-ups using CGI. Any of the close-ups is puppets. Yeah. And the CGI tends to be the dinosaurs in the background. 
the dinosaurs from a long shot. So it works really well. Because what you get with this film is you don't get a, a huge amount of dinosaur time in the first half of the film. Yeah, the other, the other thing to do with the dinosaurs and the CGI is, I think the Brachiosaurus is, is one of the only scenes where you see the CGI in daylight. I think mm. the other uses of CGI, Spielberg's very clever because he, he actually uses the CGI in dark scenes or, you know, dimly lit or shadows. So that way you can, the, the CGI is almost, you can get away with the CGI not being up to scratch today. Yeah, I think, but but I think those there's there's two scenes in the film for me which which I think would stick. You could you could put them into into any sort of big blockbuster CGI type film, and they'd still hold up. That that one that we just mentioned, where where they see, where they see the brachiosaurus for the first time, but the other one is the is the long shot where the T Rex is coming out the paddock where they where they where they're trapped in the cars. Mm, and, I, yeah. and and that one in particular, I think, is is immense. It's... I think it's fair to say that with this film, I know we talk about favorite aspects or favorite scenes normally in a in a in one of the podcasts. But this, I think, for me personally, there's so much to choose from that you know you almost just want to list everything to make sure you give you, you know to make sure that you're not leaving anything out, but then you just be reeling stuff off for yeah. an hour. I, 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 yeah. Look, and I've got three main points. First point is the um, the soundtrack. I haven't even got the CGI and special effects as my, one of my main points. I've got the soundtrack as, as the first one. The second part that I love about the film is the first half is the world building. Mm. And the second half is about the dinosaurs and, and the shit hitting the fan yeah. and you know the escape. And I like that about it, that the the action sequences they aren't huge and they are dramatic but they're not like they are with I don't know the Jurassic World um, films that are yeah, coming out yeah. and 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 Spielberg again isn't it he, he creates this world and arguably you have to do that with the first film anyway but the yeah. second half then just benefits from the fact you haven't gone straight into dinosaurs I hate it when a film goes straight into Either the bad guy or the the mm. villain or the what you know the, the the bad aspect of the film you see it very early on. So for me, that's the second point I've got, and then the third point um, is the cast. Cast is brilliant. Can't fault mm. this cast at all. Although yeah. the kids are a little bit annoying. Yeah, mm. but the kids and they. Yeah, no, and then that's it. Mm. I will say the the other aspect. Um, it's not necessarily a favorite aspect, but as a kid growing up. I had, a, I had a little bit of a crush on Lex. Well, you would have been the same age, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I think that was it. There was someone who was roughly the same age as me in a film, and you know, I'm hitting that sort yeah. of age where I'm probably interested in girls, but also I'm seeing this film for like the third time in the cinema. You and your teenage erections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not talk about teenage erections. <laughs> Uh, my favourite aspect is Spielberg. And partly because, yeah, I mean, he's my favourite director. Um, I love what he does in the majority of his films when he's, you know, the way he builds a scene. Um, we've spoken about it with the, the Brachiosaurus scene. But I also put Spielberg as my favourite aspect because he was also making fucking Schindler's List at the same time. Well, the studio said to him that he had to make Schindler's List first, didn't he? Or was it oh, the other no. way around? No, no. He got the green light for Schindler's List, but they said, we want you to do this one first. Ah, right. So he did most of the film, didn't he? And then he handed it over, the final bits, to another director so he could work on Schindler's List, which was his baby, wasn't it? Yeah. He, I think they filmed... Jurassic Park, and then he gave it to a, an editor and also the FX guys to oh, do this, yeah. to do the special effects. And then he started working on Schindler's List. But while he was filming Schindler's List, and of course, how harrowing is Schindler's List? And also for Spielberg, given that he's the descendant of 
a Holocaust survivor, so it's you know he's got a sort of extra incentive or motivation or emotional impact for him. So while he's doing all that, he's then getting calls and meetings about the post-production on Jurassic Park. So it's, it's, it's almost like he's still doing two films at once. And I just think, so for both of those, if both of those films had been good in the same year, you would have thought fair play. But the fact that both of those films are amazing and for the genre they're in, they're probably, t- you know, one of the best of their genre. For them both to come out in the same year, I just think I don't think it, I don't think any director in this day and age will ever do something like that again. I've got I've got to drop a bombshell here. I've never seen Schindler's List. I I don't blame you though, mm. Evans. It is a difficult watch. I love the film, right? Mm. I love it. I think it's it's one of my favorite films. I think it's incredible. Mm. But I wouldn't. I don't hold it against anyone. Who hasn't seen no, it's, it? Because it's, it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's not about not our, not our choice. I've I've always wanted to, but never never got around to it. it. But it's not it's not a typical film that you would just put on on the, mm. like a Sunday afternoon, is it? It's no. it's it's a film that you have to be invested in. I've only ever seen it once, and I loved it. But yeah. I also said to myself after I watched that film, I will not watch that again, unless I I am fully committed to watching it. Unless you've got a world-renowned podcast in which you have to watch it for. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I probably haven't seen that since university, and I think you owned it in university, Prog. And mm. I probably would have watched it with you. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult watch in the sense of this subject matter. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I've got different sensibilities to you, boys. I mean, I, I can put myself through something like that time and time again. I mean, I've watched Schindler's List, I don't know how many times. But that's because I look. I've I've been able to see it slightly differently. I think to obviously you and is that despite the lack of humanity shown through the film, I can see a lot of humanity within it as well. Especially with the main character Oscar Schindler, and yes, he's a a questionable figure, but through the course of the film. You know, he changes, and I think that's why I'm a- I'm able to watch it so often. But of course, we're talking about Schindler's List now, so let's go back to Jurassic Park, which is a completely different kind of film. <laughs> I'm just quite surprised, and you haven't mentioned the the, the powerhouse uh, Super Nintendo game that was Jurassic Park. I, I remember re- renting this from Blockbuster, and it was amazing. Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you now. If you're going to talk Super Nintendo, probably Prog is the man to talk about it rather than me, simply because he owned one. I am at Super Nintendo level. I I'm probably more fair with the um, Mega Drive or Genesis version oh. of um, um, Jurassic Park. And I'm not talking about this game. <laughs> but Ev, they are good games, both of yeah. them. Slightly different, both of them, but really, really good. So funny, funny sort of lockdown angle, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was a first-person shooter at times where you where you used to go. Is that your is that your description of the game? Yeah, funny, funny looking down, funny lockdown angle. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ev comes up with a first-person shooter. Yeah, that's the one. I can't wait for your games podcast to start, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I just remember that you you had like. The night vision goggles that that Timmy had, and I remember like certain times you had to you had to wear them to activate doors and stuff. Yeah, and you had the um, you had like a electro gun or something. Yeah, you used to stun yeah, raptors. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Go on, let's move on to favorite scene, and we've mentioned one major one, and I think probably all three of us mentioned it at one point, which is the first sighting of the dinosaurs. But are there any other aspects? I, I'll go. I'll go for two, and then yeah. maybe you boys can add any others. Then, so the opening. I love the opening, where they bring in one of the Velociraptors in. Shooter, shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I saw a version of this yesterday, and it didn't have that opening scene. I've only just realised I've, I've missed that out. I, I so I um, watched the version that I recorded from TV probably three or four months ago, knowing that we were going to watch this film. Ah, uh, so you missed the start. 
I no, I don't think it had that scene in it. Which is really strange, isn't it? Maybe the timing of the film didn't yeah, come maybe. Because it went straight to the dig. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think I think your I think your recording has missed the first five minutes. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would question the who you with your provider there, but um it's probably my technical ability more than <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other scene I was going to mention, um, although there are a lot of other good scenes, is the conjoining of Alan Grant with the kids climbing the fence and Ellie going to turn the power back on. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. I like the dual aspect of and the uh, overlapping of those scenes. Is that the scene where he goes to touch the fence and he goes, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, it starts there, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got that down actually within my points. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I haven't really got any more. There, there's so many I could pick. I just had those two, knowing that the first one's iconic. The second one made me laugh. Um, you know, you could pick the T Rex scene, which really interesting point. Do you know when the T Rex comes through the Jeep? Mm-hmm. And the glass fall, the plexiglass falls down on the kids. Yeah, so that scene was an accident. Really, the, the the dinosaur wasn't meant to come as far and push the glass down. But the reaction of the kids is like is genuine because they didn't expect it either. So they've kept that bit in, and then the the bit where they're actually holding the glass going rah, that's obviously done afterwards. Yeah. So um, some of the scenes with the T Rex there that that there's um, I think there there's there's a scene where it's got a side view of the of the dinosaur's head as it, as it comes up by the by the fence. Um, they have to film them quite quickly because the, because of the it, that that was a big massive animatronic head, and because of the because of the water um, and and the the artificial weather that they had, the the dinosaur's head started shaking. So so because the, it was cold. Yeah, pretty much. No, it 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 did. I, 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 I'm just I'm remembering things about the film now because back in the day when when Sky TV was analog, I remember when Jurassic Park first came on the Sky Movies channels, they had they had a making of Jurassic Park like an hour long sort of behind the scenes making of the film. Then they had the film and I and I had them both taped on one long play video. I just remembered with the T with the T Rex scene as well when it's coming out the paddock, you see you see like the where the footprints are, the, the the dinosaur and stuff like that. They made the drops of water first, and they had to put the CGI on afterwards. Um, that's that's probably one of my one of my favorite scenes when the T Rex comes out the paddock. Um, that and the, I suppose, would you call it an exposition dump that that you know we've mentioned before, where um, sort of basically when they when they first. When they first go on the tour inside the visitor center and they meet like Mr. DNA and he's he's taken them through the stages of dinosaurs and how they made it and then it goes to um it goes to them having dinner and they're talking about mora- the morality of bringing the dinosaurs back to life and stuff. I think that's that's really good. Yeah, I, I I like that dinner scene as well. I mean, yeah, you are right. It is kind of an exposition dump, but again, it's done in an interesting way, isn't mm. it? I got a quick question about that scene. You know where they, they meet um, the DNA character and they watch the video mm. and blah, blah, blah. So, John Han- Hammond, who is Richard Attenborough, yeah. the, the character he plays, well, you know he has that little video of himself talking to the real him, mm. right? So does that mean he would have to be at every tour? No. Because he think... goes, hi, John. Oh, hi, John. I think that video was just for them. Yeah. Just for them, yeah. Yeah, but it's just something I questioned last night. That's all. And yeah. I always thought, but as as a kid, you know, when he when he meets Mister DNA, and like you know, I always thought he said Mister DNA because of the, because of the Scottish accent. He's like, oh, Mister DNA. So Mister DNA, I was like, who's that DNA? Was that in and around that scene? They meet a scientist, and yeah. it folk might be like Doctor. Dr. Wu. Dr. Wong or Wong. Hen- Henry Wu. Yeah, Dr. Wu. Yeah, he was supposed to have um well in the book, he's a more prominent character. Well he comes back in the other films. Mm. Oh, does he? In- I, I haven't got much memory of the other films. He's not in two and three, but he's in the Jurassic World films. Mm. Uh right. So correct me 
if I'm wrong on this one. So the second one, Jeff Goldblum is in it, isn't he? And he goes back and is that one called The Lost World? Yeah. Yeah, and that's about another island where they bred them for yeah. the park, wasn't yeah. it? Right? And then the third one is where Sam Neill's character comes back to save a boy on one that's of those like, islands. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's just so I um, got my memory yeah. in the right place. I going back to the scenes. I I'm uh, I, I'll, I'm going to mention one more because I thought one of you two were going to pick it up. But this the second T Rex scene where Jeff Goldblum's in the back of the mm. the deep. I, I I really like that as a chase scene, and I'm not a massive fan of chase yeah. scenes. I think that was uh, not just uh, good, but yeah. quite funny as well. But it's Jeff Goldblum in it, and it's it's his. Yeah. Yeah contribution to that scene that I think makes it ten times better. You think they'll have that on the tour? <laughs> and it's I'd, I I quite like it's I quite like how that scene's used in different films like Toy Story for example in the in the fir- in the first film when they're in they're in RC the car and they look back and you know Rex Rex but they look tr- in the mirror yeah. and, they, and, they, and there's the little sign yeah. which says things might appear larger yeah. or yeah. closer. Can I just give a shout out to another Jeff Goldblum line? Right. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the one line when I first went to see Jurassic Park. For some reason, I always remembered that line. Yeah. The, the thing I read up the other day. Um, what's what's the main lady's name? Laura Dern. Yeah. 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 She um so she always gets asked about Jurassic Park, and people always say to her, "Oh, isn't it isn't it amazing? You played this scientist in." in the film and you know this amazing film she always says yeah but the only thing people ever remember is that i was the woman with my hand in a massive pile of shit (laughs) (laughs) there's another line jeff goldblum says as well when she's walking off you will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything (laughs) (laughs) it's funny it's funny when he's when he's in the car and and um and uh ellie ellie Laura Dern's character goes out of the car and then Alan Grant goes out of the car and follows her. And then just Jeff Goldblum's talking to himself. It's like, I'm here by myself. Yeah. He's talking to himself. Now that's, <laughs> now that's chaos. <laughs> he's brilliant. He's brilliant. It always makes me laugh when he's lying down. So he's injured. He's hurt his leg. He's lying down, but he's got like his shirt open. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's like in some sort of photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know they've had the, 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 the spray water. And they've yeah, just sprayed his yeah. chest so it, so it glistens off the camera. Yeah. Yeah, no, his character's brilliant, isn't he? But he's got some of the most meaningful dialogue at the start of the film because he obviously says life finds a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when when they're in with the doctor. And then when they're having the dinner a few minutes later, he's talking about how dinosaurs, you know, they had their chance. And was it right? He's the one that starts the conversation about whether it was right to bring them back. Yeah, and he has that famous line, doesn't he, which is, um, or, or is it Ellie, where they say dinosaurs rule the world or something, dinosaurs die, man comes along, and then blah, 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 dinosaurs Ellie. eat man. Yeah, wo- woman, yeah. Inherit- woman, woman inherits the earth. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Ellie, yeah. Yeah, it's Ellie, I thought it was. Ah. There's some really good dialogue in the film, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Considering it's meant to be an action adventure film. Yeah. And then, but, it, but I mean, like, with, we're talking about like about the main characters, but, but we haven't even touched on like Samuel Jackson as the as the computer as the computer programmer. I totally forgot he was in it. Mm. I always remember, in, you know, the back room. Let's call it that. I yeah. always remember Dennis. Um, Dennis, Dennis Neary, Nedry. Or... Nedry, yeah. Yeah, Nedry. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no, it's um, the cast. I think is brilliant. There, yeah. There's really, really well casted um, characters yeah. in this. I I would argue the only one that maybe falls a little bit short for me personally is the lawyer, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he mm-hmm. does he does well with what he has. He has to be yeah. a bit like smarmy and things. Yeah, but like you, it's it's almost like you're willing him to get eaten on it, especially like because he because he's a you know he's a bit of a cock and he's you know he's, he's money hungry and he says about coupon days and you know he can make a killing off of this and blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden he leaves he you know the final story is he leaves the kids in the car and just runs off to the toilet toilet and then it's like it's quite good the way the way they 
the way they do that, like the moment of anticipation before the T-Rex eats him. And you're just like, go on, go on, do it, do it. And it's like, chomp. Yeah. He is there to be killed, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so that as the audience, you're thinking, right, well, people are dying in this film. So that lays some sort of, or it lays the groundwork for us to have some sort of trepidation about whether the other characters are going to die as well. I love the war done. Yeah, no, I think he's really good in it. Touch on him, yeah. I've I've mentioned this in a in a previous this type of scene in a previous previous podcast that um, when we were talking about it and having two two sort of points of view in the in the particular scene and when when um, when he's talking to Alan Grant about the Raptors and how quick they are and how clever they are, you see, you you he, you almost hear two conversations at the same the same ear level that you have like John Hammond's conversation when he's trying to you know talk talk all nicely nicely about the park and then you've got. Muldoon, I think his name is, um, yeah. talking about how the how like the Raptors are lethal and they you know not to be trusted and they're too clever and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. The next section, I really don't want us to go into and start talking about because there's some changes. Um, Look, I, we all, we I think it's apparent that all three of us really really like this film to various degrees. So I'm okay to go through this. And I haven't got a huge amount of changes. I, I got a couple of nitpicks. I got a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, but I will admit, when I watched this last night, it's probably the first time I've seen it in 10 years, I've forgotten how much I love this film. Yeah. So, And that's why I'm reluctant to do some changes. But I got a couple anyway. I, I'm going to put it straight out there, right? Moral of the story, this isn't a change, but this is something just to be mindful of. If you ever open a dinosaur park, in the future, hire more than one IT guy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose Samuel Jackson, he's something to do with some sort of control and IT, but yeah, to yeah. Dennis to control everything there. Well, also, don't have the all the fences linked to one system. <laughs> well, yeah, you think they'd have some sort of backup system and, ma- yeah. and backup, backup system. Yeah. But, then, but then, to be fair, you could just hire Lex because she seems to do everything. Like, uh, this well, is one of me change, changes. The one that. issue I have, right, that yeah. there's this is a bit of a throwaway line earlier in the film that she's into computers and and she's yeah. like, oh, I, you know, it's, it's I'm a hacker or whatever. Or he, maybe Tim yeah. calls her a hacker, whatever it is. You're computer nerd. I prefer yeah. to be called a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's a little bit... Well, it's typical... 90s understanding of computer systems, isn't it? To be honest, I was going to ask though, was this one of the first uses of hackers in films? Oh, I don't know. Well, when was the when was the when was the net with Sandra Bullock? Oh, that was way later, but really, yeah, yeah, 95. When was hackers? Hackers was oh, bear with me. I quite like Hackers as a film. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm just asking yeah. about... was I think Jurassic That, that was 95 was as well. See, I tell you, Jurassic Park's ahead of his time. Do you know when they go to touch the, um, the electric fence for the first time? I've already mentioned it, and <clears throat> it's quite a funny scene. But the bit before it that always infuriates me, Grant throws a stick at it. But the yeah. stick is going to do shit all. It's not going to conduct anything. Yeah. So... You know, to throw a stick on it and then touch it makes makes no sense. But mm. again, a little nitpick for me. Go on, Ev. When the triceratops is sick, we don't know how it got sick. We do. We do find out. How? How? When? When? When Ellie inspects the tri- triceratops shit, yeah. it's to do with the plants that it's been eating. Oh no, she says. She says there's no trace. Yeah, there's no trace of those dropping all those pods or whatever. And, and I'm with Eb on this. I read that as it's an unanswered question. And it's something I would have wanted answered. They got other problems later on, though, and they? Right. So. Well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I, I want to know if the doctor got out. He's... Um... Oh, hey, Dr. Wu. No, no. no, the... no the, the, oh. The, oh, the, oh, I, are you on about the vet? Yeah. He's there with the triceratops, yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear the the one line with from Samuel Jackson saying, "Get everyone to evacuate and leave." Yeah. But you'd think that they would just stay on site in some sort of bunker. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, my question with the Triceratops thing wasn't to do with what actually was wrong with the Triceratops. It's the fact that Ellie turns up and she instantly knows fucking more than the vet. Well, because she's a, oh, what's the, what's the called? A, a paleobotanist. Yeah. So she, so yeah, she's, she obviously understands all the, all the flowers of the plant life. That's. Yeah, but the vet is a vet. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. She. Uh, what, the the one big line with me was Ellie looks at the triceratops eyes and goes, "Oh, the pupils are dilated," and the vet goes, "Are they?" Yeah, I, I, and I will admit that delivery of that line is not great. Of of no. the are they? Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> because it's, I don't think he's facing camera, and I think it might have been added post production, and it just sounds a little bit off. Yeah, I mean they didn't have to make the vet sound so fucking stupid to begin with. They could have just added go, "Oh, the pupils are dilated," and he could have gone, "Yeah, I know." With you know something like yeah. we're trying to work out why and yeah, um. Also, that going back to the computer system, how how easy would it be to configure that? All Lex does is just double click twice, and then she brings the whole system back up. That has got that has got to be either the easiest or the or the most you know lax security wise system ever devised. I I thought it was all to do with, and this is just my reading of the scene, but it was mm. supposedly to do with her just being able to find the right file, wasn't it? Wasn't it that? Near Nedry had turned them off, and now you have to find file to turn them back on. Yeah, they they reset the system, but it's just like it's, she goes through like security and stuff like that just by double clicking. I'm just like, when when computers first came around, it might have been just as simple as that, and that's what they call yeah, hacking. Yeah, possibly. Um, I've I've always always like wanted to know what was the story behind Dotson and um and the company that he works for. Who who was that? Just a right, just a rival. To yeah, but it, but it, but it was, but it was it, it's almost like the predator, the predator thing. How, how you know they, they, it's almost like a different story mixed in with the film. You know how like how it was, it was almost like you know industrial espionage type thing with, with Nedry stealing all um, stealing all the embryos, but you never know why he's doing it or who the company is or stuff like that. It's a MacGuffin, like, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know what a MacGuffin is? No, go on. So a MacGuffin is something that Hitchcock came up with, or I think it's a term that Hitchcock coined, where it's basically just something to start the film, to get the plot of the film going. So in, in, oh. something, in something like North by Northwest, mm. they're all chasing this supposed ca- uh, film, camera film. Yeah. But you never actually see the film. So it's almost like it's something that doesn't matter to the viewer. It only matters to the people in the film. Yeah. And they needed that in there because they needed a reason for the systems to go down and the systems going down was because yeah, they just yeah. needed to yeah. get to the docks by a certain time. Oh, okay. But um, yeah. I, I was always amazed, even as a kid, by that little... Um, you know, shaving foam contraption. Oh, shaving that he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, the the other thing that I questioned the other day. So when they were in the lab, <clears throat> those little embryo things were labelled, but not in the test tubes. So he put everything into that canister, and they would have like taken it away and perhaps hatched these embryos or whatever they would have done with them. But then realised they wouldn't have known what dinosaurs were gonna materialize from it mm. yeah. so it, it would have been like a kinder surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah but one that could have killed you instead of you <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. so i got a couple of things i wrote down number one were the kid jokes um mm. now when i watched them as a, when i was a kid i laughed and i distinctly remember being in the cinema when i was 12 years old and la- and hearing people laugh at timmy's jokes Timmy's lines, right? I hate trees. Oh, I don't mind trees. Oh, yeah, you weren't in the last one. All of those things, yeah. right? After you watch Jurassic Park for the 50th time, those jokes slash lines become a bit tiresome. But, of course, we're just going over minor nitpicks here, so I'm not, it's, not a, it's not a massive issue. 
this is something that I thought about a while ago. I'm watching it again for the podcast. I've put a bit, tried to put a bit more thought into it. The message of the story I originally thought was life finds a way. Like you can't contain these creatures. Like it was almost like destined that they, they would escape and they would cause carnage. But when you actually think about it, the only reason they escaped is because Nedry faulted the systems. So if Ned, so if it hadn't been a human or human error, the dinosaurs would have still been in their paddocks, everything would have been fine. Mm. There's yeah. another issue in all of that as well. And that's yeah. the reason for them repro- reproducing. And they're reproducing because the DNA that they used was the DNAs from that particular type of frog, which could change your sex. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. No, I, no, but yeah. so, what, so what I'm saying is that's also human input. Yeah, but that wouldn't have... The, the dinosaurs being able to reproduce wouldn't have led the dinosaurs to escape their paddocks. Oh, no, no, it wouldn't, no. Hmm. The only reason the carnage would, happened on that island is because of Nedry. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I understand. I understand the you know dinosaurs now being able to breed, and you know that is the example of life finding the way. But the dinosaurs escaping isn't an example of life finding the way. That's all to do with human error. Anyway, my biggest bugbear with the film, and the one I still don't understand to this day, what the hell is the layout of the T Rex paddock? The T-Rex comes out through the fences, attacks the people, pushes this car into the T-Rex paddock, but for some reason now, the T-Rex paddock has got this gaping chasm where the car falls down and lands in a tree. So where does the T-Rex come? It, is the T-Rex paddock on a level and it just so happens to be this chasm where there's a water pipe and all that kind of stuff? I don't do, do you think then that I'm and I'm only spitballing you and thinking out loud? Do you think you've got the fence, a massive hole, and then the rest of the paddock? So, in theory, the T Rex wouldn't, shouldn't have come across the big hole or whatever, and then the fence. So, it's like right. a double thing, but that doesn't make any sense because how does the T Rex? Get yeah. across it. Yeah, yeah, you're talking. You're talking about a trench, aren't you? Not a trench or a moat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But, but no, yeah. I get what you mean. Because in theory, I think up until that point, you just think there's a fence, and in on the other side of the fence would be a T Rex at that level. Otherwise, yeah. how are they going to see the T Rex? Because he's going to be down this massive ravine. What? What is something right that? In all honesty, when you're watching the film, if you're enjoying it, you don't give two shits about. You know that car going over the edge and falling down a chasm. You don't. You don't care because you you're in the film. But when you look back and in, you think to yourself. And obviously, I think that's a that's a a, a gift that Spielberg has, where he gets you into the film, or certainly for me anyway, he gets you so into the film that you're just like you 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 don't see the. I I don't want to say error, but it's almost like. They, you know, Spielberg's like, they're not going to care about that. You know, this car's going over the edge, people are in the car, people are in peril, blah, 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 blah. But as an adult, having watched it for so many times, I just, I just don't, I just don't get what's going on in that paddock. I just, I just don't know. I was going to say, I, I wonder whether Spielberg knew, like, there was a layout for the T-Rex paddock and, you know, there is this logical reason why that chasm is there, or whether it was just a case of the writers and Spielberg being like, this needs to happen here, so it's gonna, we're just going to have a chasm there, it's going to go down, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah there's, there's elements of creative licence in this film anyway. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he did have... Um... Like scientists and paleontologists and whatever the correct term is, advising on the film, and he's gone on record as saying there are times where we took what they said with creative license and and changed some elements of it to make it work for a film. Yeah, and they also did that with some of the dinosaurs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, mm. if you did it in, so the T Rex is a really good example. The T Rex doesn't have teeth, 
like it does in the film. A real T-Rex doesn't have all those spiky teeth. And it's just, just the way it is. And we know that um, Grant's um, sort of dialogue about don't move, he can't see you unless we move, is a load of bollocks. But at the time, you know, you know, evidence... That's what moves... was believed, yeah? Yeah, exactly. But also evidence moves on and you know, things are going to get mm. thrown out. We know that a lot more dinosaurs now ha- were more feathered than they were, I don't know, yeah. what the dinosaurs have, scales? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, and that's just what it is. But th- th- there's plenty, you know, that the one thing I would say is this um, film is very close to the source material, mm. the book. And I don't know if you know the story behind it, but Steven Spielberg worked with Michael Crichton on ER. And he said yeah. to him at the time, what are, you, what are you working on? And he said, I'm writing this book about a dinosaur park, blah, 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 blah. And it, Spielberg then spoke to Universal and said, this guy's writing this book. You need to be involved in it. And they purchased the rights to the film before the book, book had even been published. But uh, yeah, and it's it's yeah. really mm. close. The book is a lot more violent, and I haven't read all of the book, but I've I read elements of it. I think I've read maybe like the first half or something. Well, I, I I do I am aware that there was a um a portion or a chapter or some element of the book where a child dies. Yeah, and I I admittedly I haven't read this bit. There's definitely a scene in there where baby raptors are killed by adult ones mm. there's also a scene and i don't know uh, there's also a passage i don't know if it's this book or whether it's subsequent books but there's, there's a scene where babies died by they, they i don't know what the full version of them is but they're called compies and i don't know what the full like technical name of them are but um but yeah they're called compies and and supposedly there's a scene where a nanny comes into the room and they describe how one of these little creatures is ripping flesh off a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously <laughs> that's not in this, in this. Um, Can I just mention one other thing that if you go into detail, shouldn't happen in the film. And that's when T-Rex saves the day in the visitor center. How does he get in there? I mean, if they'd all run out of this entrance that T-Rex had made in the building, then fair enough. But It's it's a theme that they carry on into the newer Jurassic World films. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen them. But, um, yeah, T-Rex technically saves the day against the super T-Rex, doesn't he, in one of the films, along with maybe the um, the Velociraptors the, as well. Yeah, one of, one of the raptors, yeah. yeah. One final element from me, Lex... Why the hell does she switch the light on? And then why doesn't she switch it off? I just took that as she's a kid and she's scared. She's a kid and she's stupid. (laughs) How did I ever crush on someone so stupid? Well, she does save the day in the end because she gets the power back. Yeah, but also then, all of that is happening. The T-Rex is like surrounding the car and hitting the car and whatever. And it takes Grant ages to get out of his car yeah. to then try and save the kids but i i i'm forgive you know, willing to forgive it because you'd be shit scared and that's not a scenario you would have ever encountered in your life before yeah well i also i took that as grant is the supposed expert so he's probably thinking look i i don't need to get out right now hopefully that car will be able to keep them safe but of course once the car flips over he's got to get out doesn't he yeah oh, I was just going to say not only to, not only just to save Lex but to save a young um, soon to be John Deacon from Queen <laughs> yeah before he had the chance to write those songs yeah um, I've got a couple of other things about the book while we're talking about it or why we mentioned it a moment ago right so in the book Grant has a totally different attitude to children he actually likes children in the book so that they flip that round the um, the ages of Lex and Timmy are, are technically the other way around. It's an older boy and a younger girl. As I mentioned, the book is really violent in part. And one of the other bits that happens is... Um, what's the gamekeeper called again? 
Muldoon. Yeah. 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 He fires a rocket launcher at what one of the Velociraptors, and it, it literally like cuts it in half. <laughs> I haven't read that bit, but I. That's I tell you now, right? If Arnie ever did Jurassic Park, that scene needs to happen. <laughs> You're extinct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would fucking love to watch that film. Uh, the other thing then that happens is um, Dennis, his character. There's a scene where he's running and he's actually carrying his intestines because he's been sliced open. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then finally, at the end of the film, or the end of the book, the, the entire island is nuked. Or well, not nuked, but um, napalm. Yeah. Yeah, that ending is a bit overkill, isn't it? Because you don't need to nuke the island. You just leave the dinosaurs on there. Well, yeah. I think, that, that, you know, the... They didn't want a sequel, which yeah. the movie got. Let's put it that way. Oh, then the other thing, the other interesting fact that I found, normally whenever a book is written and then adapted into a film, um, future sort of copies of the book mirror the um, the artwork that's used in the film because the film is probably more known to people than the book. Funny enough, the, the artwork of the dinosaur skeleton came from the book first. Which mm. I only found out the other day. Mm. It's an iconic sort of cover yeah, or, or yeah, look, definitely. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Before we ask the final question of would you recommend, um, we normally do people who could have played the parts or rumored to have played the parts. So I don't know if you guys know some of these, right? So William Hurt and Harrison Ford were potentially considered for Alan Grant. I would have loved Harrison Ford. <laughs> Christina Ricci as Lex. Mm. Mm. Sean Connery as John Hammond, um, Robin Wright as Ellie, mm. and this is the one for me, Jim Carrey as Ian Malcolm. That wouldn't have worked for me. I think oh, he would have no. been too... Too yeah, zany. Over the top. Yeah, yeah, too zany, too over the top. Yeah, is... as much as I love Jim Carrey, sometimes he's a bit too cartoony, isn't he? Yeah. Which, um... this, was, this was like peak Ace Ventura. Yeah, uh, periods Jim Carrey, so yeah, it's wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad they went with the cast they did. The only one I would have been really interested in seeing would be Harrison Ford as Grant. Yeah. I think you would have been awesome mm. as Grant, but I love Sam Neill, so I'm not going to complain. So, would you recommend Prog? Yes, absolutely. Ev? Oh, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big fat yes for me. I. This film still stands up. It's however many years old? 28 years old? Does that sound about right? 28, 28 years old. Everything I think in this film stands up. I know there's new Jurassic World films out now, but oh, I, I would much prefer to watch this over those ones. Yeah, the new, the new ones are decent. I think the sequels to the original one are, are, are decent in their own way as well, you know, uh, enjoyable for various reasons. But the first one's just, it's a moment, isn't it, in cinema? Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, that's why we do this podcast. There are certain films that, as a teenager or when, whenever we first watch some of these, they meant something to us. And this one is right up there for me. Like I said earlier, for me to go to the cinema three times to watch it, it you know, it, there's no other film that's done that for me. Yeah. So, all right, let's wrap up there. Podcasts come out every Wednesday. Uh, check us out on social media and on YouTube. And if you want us to do a particular film in the future, just let us know. Cheers, all. <laughs>